Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. What do you say we take another trip back to Belfast, Northern Ireland on this episode of Private Club Radio? We're going back to the Club Leadership Summit to some of the live interviews that I conducted from the conference And I've got a couple awesome people to bring you on this episode. So today we're going to chat with Rob Bray. He's the chief executive at Edge Baston Club. We're also going to talk with Mark Moray of Sport Changes Life and some of the exciting things that they're doing in that organization. And I should mention, if you have not heard part one of the Club Leadership Summit, you should go back to episode 102 of Private Club Radio and check that one out as well. It was a really good one. The Club Leadership Summit, of course, happened in Belfast, Northern Ireland. The conference was put on by the fantastic duo from Club Inc. of Doug Green and Neil Flanagan. And if you have not, please check out clubincorporated.com to learn a little bit more about Club Inc. and what they're doing with clubs in Europe and the UK. Our first guest is Rob Bray of Edge Baston Priori. Rob, welcome to Private Club Radio. Can you tell us a little bit about Edge Baston? Well, Edge Baston is, um, is a very uh, quite quite a well known place in, in England because yeah. of the cricket. Uh, you're probably not into cricket too much, but um, you know the in the Caribbean they all know where Edge Baston is. Do they really? Yeah, the West Indies playing cricket, you know, okay. so they don't know where Birmingham is, pretty cool. but they know where Edge Baston is. Edge Baston <laughs> is actually in Birmingham. So Edge Baston is actually a tennis club. You have a, a number of courts. You actually have a tournament that comes through. Can you tell us a little bit about the club? Yeah, so it's uh, started as a, as a tennis club back in the, uh, in, in 1875, actually. So it's a, it's a long, long established tennis club. Yeah. Uh, it added squash in the 1930s. Uh, and then it added leisure in the 1990s. Wow. And, uh, and every year for the last 36 years, we've hosted a major international ladies tennis tournament called the WTA Aegon Classic. And uh, former winners, many Americans actually, so Navratilova, Billie Jean King, uh, more recently Maria Sharapova, yeah. and um, this year Petra Kvitova. Wow. <laughs> Two-time Wimbledon champion. So. That's pretty cool. Um, you have uh, grass courts there as well, right? That's right, yeah. yeah. So we're, we're sort of, uh, they're, they're, they're dying out really, grass courts. You know, they're not as, um, they're not as commercially sustainable sure. as, as all-weather courts. Yeah. So um, a lot of clubs have been replacing them. But no, we're, we're, we maintain ours and we've actually developed and built some new ones recently. So, uh, you know, we're, sort of, we're in quite a niche now, but obviously it's all around the tournament really. You know? Right. So, and it, it's all there to support Wimbledon, which is still the number one tennis tournament in the world. Sure, yeah. Now, Rob, what I found interesting about your club is you have 3,000 members. <laughs> and we're not just talking families. There's literally three thousand memberships that you have and uh to, for us at least in the united states that's quite a number <laughs> most of our clubs i'd say three to five hundred in, in, in that range so what is it like to kind of have to manage and juggle the needs of three thousand different people <laughs> yeah i suppose i don't know any different for a start so sure. uh, yeah managing three to five hundred would be uh, would be very different uh, I, I like the sound of it <laughs> uh, but no both three thousand i mean the built the facilities are built around that so we have um you know quite big car parks, big changing facilities. Um, and it's, it's really key to try and spread the usage out throughout the daytime. So it's, uh, you know, we find that, you know, we open at 
probably six o'clock in the morning and there's people coming in then before work and then you have the whole sort of spread throughout the day and into the evening. Right. So it, it can be busy, but um, it, we manage. We How go. do you choose what's on the menu? I mean, are you getting suggestions from all these different members? How, what is, I guess, what's this, let's start with, where's the, what's the structure of the club? Do you have committees and a board? Yeah, and- so, so it's, a, it's a members club. It's a true members club. So it's not sort of owned by an individual or a company. Um, it, every member has a nominal share in it. And um, there is a board that I report into. So we have um, 12 on that board. I'm actually a member of that board, but I don't get a vote. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> Honorary member. That's right, yeah. So, um, yeah, then um, there's a couple of subcommittees. You know, we have, we have um, two subcommittees, one for tennis and one for squash. Wow. Um, and then, uh, but we have a big management team, you know. So all of the sort of day-to-day operational management of the club is delegated to the paid staff. Right. Yeah. How many restaurants are on the property? Uh, we have sort of three areas really. So we have okay. a lounge area, which is yep. like a coffee type lounge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a bistro sort of dining area, okay. and then we have a sports bar right. yeah. where you know most members want to eat in the sports bar. Okay, you know, relaxed sure. dining. Right. You know, sort of in the old days they used to like the formal side of it, but that's you know yeah. I think you know you look at the millennials sure. and things like this. They yeah. don't want the formality of it anymore. They want right. to just be able to just walk in their tracksuit and uh, and, gra- and grab a bar <laughs> meal. Yeah. Are, do you have a suggestion box for these 300 members or how do, how do the, how, how does the communication travel of what people yeah, want so we, we have a feedback system yeah okay. so um, they can they can feedback and every month we say you know you've told us this and this is what we've done now so right but I think you know ultimately we know we can't please everybody sure so we um, we try to respond and take action when it's appropriate to do so but, right um, but you know we have to show strong leadership I think that's what you have to do in a in a big club you can't uh, you can't be told what to do by 3,000 members otherwise you'd be going around in circles <laughs> yeah, you know? so you have to right. show, I think the board and, and the senior management team have to show some real strong leadership yeah. and, uh, and put out their you know listen to the members and then put out there what they think they want and um, and listen to them yeah and, uh, and see what the feedback is what are some of the things that this new generation that's coming into your club what are they looking for I know you put in some indoor tennis courts uh, for the winter time right? and whatnot and what other types of facilities are you building or planning on yeah I mean I think it's um Time is time is we call it time poor. They're time poor. You know this um, the sort of the millennials, the the family members. You know, so yes, they might have the money. They live locally, but they just haven't got the time to spend too long at the club. You know, so they want to be in and out. So, for example, um, you know, ten- so tennis and squash are pretty good games for that. You know, because squash you can play in sort of forty minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, tennis an hour or an hour and a half sessions. We do sure. but a lot. A lot of the time now, we're doing one hour sessions on court. Yeah. Um, we're doing things like um, what's called Tennis Express, Cardio Tennis, and we do Cardio Squash. Nice. Yep. So that's like a group fitness class on court. Yeah. So it's a workout. You right. Know, and, that, and that's going down. In fact, you know, we're putting on more and more classes because they are just full, fully oversubscribed, you know. So, that's fantastic. Yeah, and we're having to ex- expand our leisure facilities. And mm-hmm. there's, sometimes there's a bit of a conflict there because it is traditionally, it's a rackets club. Mm-hmm. But actually, you know, there's so much demand for fitness now that, right. um, you know, we're having to build a new studio because... You know, we've got a big studio, but one's not enough. We need two studios wow. to run at the same time. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, Rob, I really appreciate you coming on and just kind of sharing some of that with us and getting to know about your club. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Really cool stuff from Rob right there. All right. Let's bring up our next guest, which is Mark Murray. Well, I'm joined right now by Mark Murray. He is the founder of Chaka Travel, and he's also a co-founder of Sport Changes Life. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about Chaka Travel first and you being a travel partner of the summit here. 
I guess Yoga Travel I formed 24 years ago, um, selling golf holidays into Africa primarily in those days. I was living over uh, in Northern Ireland and I wanted something to link me to home. Uh, I wanted to start my own business. I was in construction and I thought I want to do what I love. So I formed Shaka Travel, uh, doing stuff in Zimbabwe and then South Africa, on into Mauritius. And sort of we've always been uh, exotic golf holiday specialists. We don't do very much into Europe at all. Yeah, there's a lot of guys in a big button fight over that market. And yeah. I always thought, no, I like flying over to more exotic countries and seeing things. So we had a lot of fun building a business building a lot of friendships and partnerships all over the world. Yeah. I love travel. I'd spent a lot of time. I spent a summer in a camper van around Europe and did 12,500 miles around Canada and the States one summer. I bought an old car and took a girlfriend on a little journey. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, it was a natural thing for me to get into travel. Sure. And uh, being African, you know, it was uh, starting there. Was a, But I always knew it would go on to be doing yeah. Anything interesting, we're still thinking, like with clubbing, they've been looking at this North Pole challenge. That excites me. And somebody's yeah. going to play golf at the North Pole. I'm right. thinking, who's, when am I going to get my clients to the moon? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, so what are some of the trends you're seeing in, in terms of travel, and especially when we're talking about golf travel, luxury travel? Uh, with, with ourselves, we're seeing, uh, we've always been primarily sort of couples going away. We tailor make quality holidays for them. But we found over the years, oh, uh, we, we're grouping people up a bit, uh, four, eight, 16, 20 people, small groups, but we put a pro, he goes out, nice guys, creates an experience where he's doing a bit of tuition, but it's more, it's, it's all the good restaurants, all the, the, the little sites people don't really know about, and we're finding people liking to it. They don't come as a group to me, we package something together and say, who wants to go on this? And you get a whole lot of like-minded people who meet, make good, long, lifelong friendships and then start traveling again on the next one to somewhere new. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, let's talk about Sport Changes Life and, and, and the mission of that organization. Mm -hmm. Sport Changes Life, our mission is very simple. Raise the aspiration of young people. Um, it's an organization based here in Northern Ireland, which we formed officially about seven years ago we set up uh, as a charity here and as a 501c3 in the states set up a board on both sides of the atlantic um, and we work in the communities with some of the toughest areas of belfast which is you know some interesting areas sure. and we work and try and find those kids you know which people aren't able to get to and reach out to and get them back into engaging in a full life, whether it's being back into school or some sort of substance, or just the ones who are just locking themselves away in the bedroom and depressed and that sort of thing. Uh, we've been very fortunate. We've teamed up with the Rory Foundation. We're one of their three partners. Wow. Uh, and uh, Rory's been very good to us. He likes what we do. Uh, we we, we sort of a bit nuts, Gareth, his wife and I. We always said we want to go big with us and international, and we started with America first. We are doing a bit in Dubai. Rory likes that he wants to have the biggest sporting uh, foundation. Uh, he always thinks big. And, right. Rory McIlroy, of course. Yeah, we and we, we want to, um, you know, we, we're just so proud to be part of working with him to try and help him do a few things. Um, so the charity, we do do a lot of work here in Northern Ireland, but one of our key things Rory's involved with us is our Victory Scholars. These are young Americans who've been through college, 
and we give them a scholarship to come to North, both North and Southern Ireland and now also into Dubai to do their master's degree. Wow. Uh, we've just given away a hundred scholarship. And, wow, that's fantastic. And uh, this includes flights, accommodation, books, a stipend every week. But the kids, we get a pound of flesh. They've got to work on our programs with the young kids in the community. Uh, and we see them as a magic ingredient where we go into an area and these kids see something very different. The local drug lord is no longer their, their hero. Right, it's, wow. You know, and we use these American students. Model. Yeah. So we're in 10 uh, institutions around Ireland now, colleges and universities, um, and just sort of reaching into uh, in other cities now to uh, uh, help these young people. We created a unique program, which we've spent a lot of time researching. We've got a lot of very uh, uh, intelligent people from the sort of educational world working. How do you help these young people? And we use sport as a tool to get them to us. And then we use, uh, we do a lot of work on a personal development program over six months uh, and longer. You know, we, we never stop working with a kid till they want to stop working with yeah, us. Yeah, right, right. Well, if folks want to find out more, maybe get involved with the organization, how do they do that, Mark? Contact me. Get in touch with Sport Changes Life, and we'll find a unique way for you to get involved to suit yourself. Uh, you know, we're online, sportchangeslife.com. Uh, we're doing some bigger, uh, bigger and better events. We like to try and create things as a charity where we're not a, uh, I had to say, like a begging bowl. What we do is, like, we just had here in Belfast this last weekend, uh, four NCAA college teams fly in and play a tournament with live games in the... Uh, uh, arena here. We had about 10,000 people over wow. the two days. A whole lot of fans flew in. We had CBS filming it and back into over a cool. million people. Yep. And we had people in Manhattan and other cities and bars watching it live from Belfast. Wow. And these were part of the end game season. Special. Yeah, referees, everyone we had to fly in. Um, and that's, we've got, that goes to an eight-team tournament next year uh, with games in America first and they all the teams fly over here. It's going to a much bigger scale. Uh, that will, uh, over the next few years, we've got a three-more-year contract with the NCAA, and hopefully that'll just keep rolling. But that'll be a big money spinner for us, which is great. That helps fund our program. But more so, not only helping us do it, but it also allows us to bring all those kids and bring them to something and uh, make them realize Belfast is a really cool place and we punch way above our weight in the city. We do yeah. a lot of really uh, interesting and innovative things here and we, we, we like being part of that, showing off our city, bringing people yeah. here. That's yeah. fantastic. Mark, thank you so much for joining me. Sportchangeslife.com. Check it That's out. That's it. Thanks very much, Ken. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Private Club Radio. I'll catch you back here next week. And until then, here's to your membership success. Private Club Radio is brought to you by the Private Club Agency, the premier marketing consulting firm dedicated to helping clubs increase and retain their membership. Visit privateclubagency.com to learn more.